0: We worship you.
1: If you have your Bibles today, I'm going to be all over the place. But we're going to start in Romans chapter 15, and these are the two main verses I want to use today. Today I'm going to talk about the day of blowing, Whereas the Hebrew would say, Yom Teruah. And this message is a message about the Feast of Trumpets, or Yom Teruah, or as the Jewish people today, ever since Babylon, they call it Rosh Hashanah. This is a message of the rapture. This is a, rapture, a message of God coming back for His church, for His bride. Amen. Praise God. Today is Yom Teruah. It's actually celebrated in Israel on Monday the 14th. Today is Thursday. You know why they have uh, it also on the 13th as well as the 14th? Because the priest would go out from the temple in Jerusalem and they would have to spot the new moon. This is a feast of the new moon. And if it was overcast and from the ground, they could not spot the new moon. They had to wait till the next day. Hence in Jewish lore, it's called... The feast no man knows the day or the hour. Now we'll address some things here that deal with uh, Protestant Christianity in particular, uh, the doctrine of eminence and so forth. But generally Protestants are taught, and I believe unfortunately so, that no one knows when the Lord will return. No man knows the day or the hour. They quote Matthew 24 And they do not look at the context within which Jesus spoke of the the return for his bride, for his people. It's actually the day of resurrection. And we'll see all of that as we go along. I want to kind of break down Yom Teruah, or the Feast of Trumpets, for you today. And hopefully you'll gain an understanding of the resurrection. Another word for that would be rapture. And also the day of judgment, the gathering of the saints for a holy convocation, uh, the new year, the head of the year. We'll look at all of these terms that speak of the Feast of Trumpets. Before we begin this morning, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here in the house of God today. Lord, what a great privilege it is to address your people. Father, I pray, Lord, today for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I can do nothing apart from your anointing. I cannot teach. I cannot minister life without you. Lord, speak through me as your vessel today. Put your word out into your people's lives. Let it be planted into good ground today, we pray. And Lord, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen Amen. and Amen. We'll look at several things this morning. But I want us to to see a a backdrop from the church's perspective of what these feasts are all about, and particularly Yom Teru, or the Day of Blowing. In Romans 15.4, Paul the Apostle writes these words. All such words were written, that is, all these scriptures that we have, uh, and at that time they had basically the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament. They were written of old for our instruction that by remaining steadfast and drawing encouragement from the Scriptures, we may cherish hope or have hope. So all the Scriptures in this book were written for what? Our instruction. And He's talking to the church, okay? So a lot of us will say, well, you know, that was for the Jews back in the Old Testament days, and we don't have any relevance to that today. I beg to differ. And the Scripture tells us that it was all written for instruction. In Colossians chapter 2, Paul says this in verse 16 and 17. So let no one take you to task on questions of eating and drinking or in connection with the observance of feasts, of new moons, or Sabbaths. All that these are are a mere shadow of what is to come. The substance of these belongs to Christ. Now, did you get that? Did you catch that? That's powerful church. These new moons, Sabbath, and that's what this holiday is, the holiday of a new moon, the Feast of Trumpets. It's a shadow of what is to come, and the substance of this holiday is all about Jesus. Hallelujah. It's all about Christ. Uh, He is the type. Now, we look at the Feast of the Lord, and you can break them into two categories. You have the, the Spring Feast, four of them. They begin with Passover, Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Firstfruits, and then 50 days later we have the Feast of Pentecost. A, a long gap of time goes by, and then we have the Fall Feast, which begin on what we have here today. To, this is Tishri 1 in the Jewish calendar. Tishri 1 today. Do you know we're in the time, the year, is 5776? Somebody said, well, I thought it was 2015. Well, that's according to the Gentiles on the Roman calendar, the Gregorian calendar, but according to the biblical calendar, we're in the year 5776. And this is Tishri 1 today. This is the beginning. This is New Year's Day. Now, you see how foreign that is to a Gentile mind? But do you realize God didn't write the Bible... Specifically for Gentiles. It's written for the Adamic race, but it came through the Jewish people. So we need to have a little backdrop on how it came to us and what it actually means. So happy Tishri 1 to y'all. Remember, guys, That's Hebrew Southern <laughs> pronunciation. Amen. But today is Rosh Hashanah, which would be in our calendar, September 13th, 14th. The Jews actually celebrated. The thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth. Somebody said, "Pastor Jerry, why do they, why do they celebrate it more than one day when it's only one a one day feast?" Well, here's why. And, and it began not in in the Moses' day because that was only a one day. It began in the Babylonian captivity about five hundred B.C. Here's why when the The priests would ride out from Jerusalem after they spotted the new moon and it was confirmed by the high priest. They would run, sort of like Paul Revere, on on the horse. They would run throughout the town, throughout the city and declare what? Blow the trumpet. It's here. The new moon has been spotted. They would blow the trumpet and the the people would know that that this feast had come. Well, what happens when they're exiled all the way to modern... Iran and Persia, Babylon rather, I'm sorry, they were in uh, modern Iraq, I said Iran, in, in Babylon, uh, there's no way they could get that far in a day. In a day. So why did well, they celebrate it over more than one day so that everybody could be included? And that's why uh, Jesus, of course, when, when speaking of his coming, Matthew 24, what will be the sign of my coming into the age? And he goes on and he says that that no man would know the day or the hour. Well, well, they gave certain parables, the parable of the wedding feast, the parable you know, of the, the wise servants, and so forth. And uh, we'll, we'll see that as we go along. But uh, he was talking about the Feast of Trumpets. I believe that's very significant. In my personal view, uh, it's, and I do not know this for sure, but in my personal understanding of Scripture, I believe the Lord will resurrect his church, the rapture, on a future trumpet. It may be, And my understanding, it could be today, tomorrow, whatever is, is trumpet full, is fully come at the last trump. It could be next year or the year after. Somebody says, well, what does that do, have to do with eminence? Doesn't that blow eminence? I said, well, no, I believe we, we need to live for the Lord regardless. And if I'm wrong, it, you know, he can come back at any time. I don't have a problem with that. I stay ready for the Lord. I'm always looking for the Lord. And no man is guaranteed tomorrow. It's that simple. You could walk out of here and drop dead of a heart attack. You know, Today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. I don't try to time anything according to the Bible. But I, I'm not going to ignore all these scriptures either, which I believe the church has done over the years, the Gentile church. It's not no reason to ignore these scriptures. Uh, They speak quite a bit to us. Now when we go to, uh, we talk about the rapture, we really have to go to uh, Paul's writings to the Thessalonian believers. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we have uh, these statements that are, are made to them because they believe they had fallen on into the tribulation hour. And Paul had to correct them with those two letters and let them know that they had in fact had not gone into the tribulation because certain things had not happened yet. But he talks extensively here about the rapture or the resurrection of the church. That is the bride of Christ. That is the believer. First Thessalonians 5. And, and I hope you're taking notes because throughout the week you can look at these scriptures and, and they will help you get an understanding and a backdrop. It's one thing for me to say them, but it's another for you to actually see them in your Bible and have time to, to, to really look at them and contemplate the meaning. But here in chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians. Paul says this, But of the times and seasons, brethren, who's he talking to? Church. That's always the church. Times and seasons, brethren. You have no need that I write to you. Why? He had told them in person. But yet they didn't get it. Come on now. So he had to write to them anyway. But thank God, because we wouldn't have gotten that word. We we got the, the benefit of his writing. Amen? But he says, "You have no need that I write unto to you, but you, brethren. Now I want you to look and see this in your Bible. I'm not, Pastor Jerry is not. This is not my doctrine. This is the Bible. Okay, but you, brethren, are not in what not dark. darkness. Okay, that that day. What day is he talking about? The rapture, the coming of Christ for the bride, not the second coming." The rapture. He said, you're not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Uh, praise
0: God. Thank you. Well, bless God. You know, He's coming as a thief in the
1: night. Nobody knows the day or the hour. Nobody, they might as well be saying, nobody knows nothing. He's just coming as a thief. That's not what Paul's telling us here, is it? He? He's telling us just the opposite. He said that day should not surprise you or come upon you like a thief. You should be well aware it's coming and you should know when it's coming and you should be ready for it. He says here, therefore let us not sleep. Have you ever heard me say the people out there in the world, a lot of them in the church are asleep. And you know what I mean by that. He tells us do not sleep. He's not talking about physical sleep. He's talking about spiritually, a spiritual state. He said, don't let us sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. What are we watching for? Jesus. The signs of the times. The fact He's coming back. That's what Paul... Now, Paul is telling the church this 2,000 years ago. This is the first book in the Bible in the New Testament written 1 Thessalonians. The first one. Circulated about A.D. thirty-five, two years after the resurrection. Right? Is that what it says? A.D. thirty-five or thirty-seven? I may be wrong on that. I'd have to check that. Check myself. Was the first New Testament book written circulated? And he's talking about the coming of Christ. Now, what what do we have here? We have the doctrine of imminence. Paul was telling them. That, that Jesus was coming and they should be ready, watching, and looking for him. But now we have the benefit of 2,000 years of church history. We know he didn't come in those last 2,000 years. He still had not come. That's it. But the way Jesus set it up is each generation would be, have to look for Christ uh, so he kept, kept us on our toes, so to speak. Amen? Now, why do I believe that uh, we can, can, can know that it's just up ahead? Now, again, I can't say it's today or tomorrow or next year, I, but I, it, I believe it's, one of, it, it's, it's very much up ahead of it. It's very imminent. It's very much soon going to happen. Because we see now today in 2015 events that will take place in the 70th week of Daniel, the Tribulation Hour, taking shape right before our eyes. We see a one world government coming on the scene. It's only an economic crisis away. We see a one world currency being talked about, a global currency. We see a, a mark of the beast being... Implemented. We looked at that Sunday school today. We see events that will be here when the church is not here. And if we see this coming online, how soon is our departure? Soon and very soon. We're going to see the king. Hallelujah. Soon and very soon. So Paul is telling us that we should not be overtaken by that day because we're not in darkness. It will not come on us like a thief. Now, He does come on those as a thief to the dead church. That's Revelation 3, 1-3. You'll find that. He says, I'll come upon you as a thief. He comes on them as a thief to the lukewarm church. Revelation 3, 14-17. Revelation 16, 15. He comes as a thief to the evil servant in Matthew 24, 48. And He comes as a thief to the foolish virgins in Matthew 25, 11. But to you and I who are watching, who are sober-minded, He will not come as a thief. If Jesus came today, I would not be surprised. Amen. I would not be surprised. I'm looking for Him. And I believe I'm ready. Somebody say amen. Amen. And if you're not, we need to get ready. Somebody help me there. Come on. These appointed days are given to us, like Paul said in Colossians, for a shadow of what is to come. They're the substances of Christ. Okay? Jesus came the first time and fulfilled all four of the feasts literally. Jesus will come back the second time And will fulfill the remaining three feasts literally. Hallelujah. Praise God. And he came on Passover to and died on Passover to be the Passover lamb. That's feast number one. What was the second feast three days later? The second feast was first fruits. He rose from the dead on the third day, and he fulfilled first fruits by being the first one raised from the dead. Amen. He's also the unleavened bread. He sent the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. He fulfilled those, now the very next feast to be fulfilled by Jesus, remember they speak of Him, is what? Resurrection, trumpets. The very next event on the calendar, prophetically, church, is the rapture of the church.
0: Amen.
1: Nothing has to happen in the world for the rapture to take place. That's the very next event. Why? Because it must take place. God will never judge the righteous with the wicked. As it was in the days of Noah and also Sodom, God will remove his people before he judges. Thank you, Jesus. Judgment is coming. But the rapture is just ahead of that. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, we live in a nation that's okay gay marriage. They've made law. They're, they're, they're hating on They're haters now. You have heard that term, they're haters on Christian people now. And you know, it was prophesied that men would hate you for my namesake. That's just a sign that Christ is coming. He's coming back for his bride, for his people. Yes. And I believe it will begin on a, on a feast of trumpets. Now, feast of trumpets also, and here's why I say I don't know for sure, because it has several meanings. Now, when we look back at Passover, Passover meant the lamb slain, and the bloodshed, and death would pass over. It's a simple meaning. It just means one thing. Unleavened bread, no sin in the life. Okay? One thing. When we get to trumpets, it means more than one thing. And we'll see that as we go along. Just take note of that. Well, let's look down here. See, these divine appointments... Uh, given to us by God to meet with him they don't they're not dictated uh, by our schedule you see God sets these appointed times and he moves by them and uh, Leviticus 23 verses 2 uh, Moses says this speak unto the children of Israel and this is God speaking to Moses and say to them concerning the feast now that word, now let, me, let me elaborate a little bit on that. The word feast is a very poor translation. And that's, again, you, you know, you King James folks always harping how King James. King James English is horrible. Okay, it really is. The word mean, is Hebrew word is moedim. Moedim means an appointed time. Now how we turn it into a festival, or which is the feast being the root of festival, I have no clue. But it's an appointed time. Uh, It's it's a holy convocation. That's a better English word, though most of us don't know what that means. Hello? (laughs) But it's it's an appointed time. We'll try to use that if I can. That God sets to meet with. And and the word means, the word convocation uh, actually means dress rehearsal. It's a dress rehearsal. When, When the Hebrew Israelites took the lamb and shed the blood and put it over the doorpost of their homes so that death would pass over. It was a dress rehearsal for what? For what Christ would literally actually do. Shed His blood and be hung on a cross. You see, the Feast of Trumpets is a dress rehearsal. And I want you to see this. What takes place... The first thing trumpets means, or Yom Teruah, is the blowing, the day of blowing. That's what it's called. That's what we're talking about this morning. The trumpet, in this case a shofar, there's two trumpets used in Israel, the silver trumpet and the shofar, which is the ram's horn. There were three different blasts that were given over the shofar in different staccato, different style, and they all meant three different things. One of the trumpet blasts that that was heard that the first trumpet of trumpets is to meet with the Lord at the temple. The people were to stop what they were doing when they heard the sound of the shofar. But they were in the field, they had to stop and go directly to meet with the Lord. Now the Feast of Trumpets is a feast day where all the men, all had to go. No one was exempt. All had to appear. Men, women, children before the Lord at the temple. They heard the sound. They went to meet with the Lord. How does that correlate to the Christian? The Lord himself will descend where? From heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ will rise and you and I which are alive and remain be caught up together to be with the Lord. Were to meet the Lord in the air, to go back. Another name for uh, the Feast of Trumpets is the, the Feast of the, the Day of the Open Door. What was to happen on, on Trumpets is the door in heaven was to be opened, and then it was to be shut. Well, Jesus gave the illustration of the ten virgins that were to uh, meet the Lord and go back to the marriage of the Lamb. You see, five were wise, five were foolish. The five wives trimmed their lamp, went in through the door, and after they went in, the door was shut. The five foolish banged on the door, couldn't get in. He said, depart from me, I never knew you. You see, all of these parables Jesus gave concerning His coming, the rapture, all speak, and Jews know this, the Jewish believers know this, it speaks of the rapture. All of the parables he spoke of concerning his coming, speak of the rapture. Yet somehow in the Gentile church, we just overlook the Holy. it just goes right over our head. We would do well to pay attention to context. Context is king. Hello. It means everything. They're the Lord's feasts. He instituted them. These Moedim, these appointed times. It says here that, uh, we'll look at some scriptures here. We're to... Uh, you know, the Israelites as a nation, as a people group were to enact these feasts, and they still do to this day, To and they're just dress rehearsals. Some of them they don't even know, or maybe most of them, they don't even know what they represent. But uh, they're God's feasts that they enact, and these feasts, my friend, listen to me, will never go away as long as Jesus is on this. He's going to come back and for a thousand years... In the future, we're they're still going to be celebrating these feasts. So you might as well figure it out now and get an understanding, than wait till he comes back has to tell you because we was too dumb to know what it was. Hello, Amen. And don't I don't want to get slapped for never telling you. Come on now, Amen. I want to hear the Lord say, "Son, I'm glad you told." Me. Your your people know what's coming. They know what's going on. They're they're informed because they they've been taught the Word of God, and they now they can teach others. Hallelujah. <laughs> Not stand there. Well, I, I, Lord, I, I didn't think that's relevant. I thought it was just for the Jewish people. That, that doesn't mean nothing. Well, what does Colossians say? It's for us. Paul says in Romans and fifteen that these are written for our instruction. Are you being instructed today? Amen. Amen. I mean, this is not a shouting message that's going to make you real happy, but it's giving you information that that'll help you be prepared. Somebody say amen. amen. <clears throat> And so you know what's coming. You won't be in darkness, but rather you'll be in the light. These feasts belong to the Lord. And uh, in Jeremiah chapter 8, how you know we've been in Jeremiah the last couple weeks, and I've got a, a, another one or two yet to go through the Lord, Terry. And uh, Jeremiah 8, 7 and 9 tells us this. And this is speaking of the judgment of God in the day that Jeremiah was living. How you know we're living in a time when God is about judgment upon this world says the stork in the heavens knows her appointed times that's what he says here and the turtle and the crane the swallow they observe the time of their coming but my people know not the judgment of the lord what a damning indictment upon israel by god himself now what would he say about his church today about the lord's people today do we know our appointed times? Are we like the sons of Issachar in the Old Testament? Are we rightly discerning the time and the days we live in? Most people, I would say, don't have a clue. They're going along just like Jesus said they would, marrying and giving in marriage, and the day will come on them just like a thief, and they'll wonder what in the world was that? That was the rapture. How did I, How did I miss that? Well, you weren't paying attention. That is the only way you could miss that—not paying attention. Even the stork knows her appointed time. That's what God said. Amen. <clears throat> the Feast of Trumpets is also known as, of course, Yom Teruah, which literally means day of blowing. It's the only feast day when the shofar is blown during the service 100 times. They're blown in a set pattern of three different sounds, blown three times each for a total of nine blasts. The series of patterns is repeated 11 times for a total of 99 blasts. The 100th blast is set apart and this is the blast that is known as in the Jewish religion the last trump. You know I've heard Christians over and over say well you know the the, the, the reason we're not going to be raptured before the tribulation and I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture friend and they'll say the reason is not because the trumpet don't blow it's the seventh trumpet in revelation no that has nothing to do with this trump that's a trump of judgment on the, the wicked this here is the trump of God Hallelujah! it's to call the saints home totally different thing you can't place one into the other Leviticus twenty three twenty four. Speak unto the children of Israel, saying: In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall you have a Sabbath or a Shabbat, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation or dress rehearsal. That's what today is. The dress rehearsal in Israel for the Lord resurrecting His people. Now, when let me read Jeremiah thirty six and seven. Ask ye now and see whether a man does travail with a child, wherefore do I see every man with his hand on his loins as a woman in travail. All the faces are turned into paleness, alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. Zephaniah 1:14 through 16: The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hasteneth greatly, even the voice of the day of the Lord. The mighty man shall cry there bitterly. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of the trumpet and alarm against the fenced cities and against the high towers. Now, what, what the Jews believe is that The day of trumpets, that's what we're in, walking into now, is also a day of judgment. It's a day of the judgment of God upon the the earth. It's a time of God's wrath. And I do believe that the 70th week of Daniel will commence at a future day of trumpets. And uh, do you know that it's not... Written in stone, I do believe if the church is taken on the trumpets, it's not. it doesn't necessarily have to be the tribulation starts that same day. It could be a future trumpets day. In other words, the rapture could happen, and it could be 5, 10, 20, 30 years before the, the tribulation starts. There's nothing set in stone saying it has to start simultaneous. Period. But when it starts, it will be the final 70th week of Daniel. Amen? And it will not stop once it has started. Isaiah 26. uh, We we know that trumpets is also called by the Jews the day of resurrection. Now think about it for a minute. It's it's a time of meeting the Lord at the temple. It's a time of the marriage of the Lamb. I didn't get into that, but just briefly. It's a time of uh, judgment. And also as we see here, it's the it's the time of resurrection. This is one day, one day. Now all the other feasts, the one that comes behind it. Let me give you the times timetable here. This year on the fourteenth is observed Rosh Hashanah or Yom Teruah, the Day of Trumpets. Wednesday the twenty third is Yom Kippur. That's the Day of Atonement. And the Day of Atonement is just that Day of Atonement. Uh, Sukkot or what we call tabernacles is on the twenty eighth, Monday the twenty eighth of this month. But they will all take place and that's all they, they but here trumpets speaks of many different things on this one feast day. It fulfills more than one event is what I'm saying. And we need to be aware of that. In Isaiah twenty six, nineteen, how many know that everything in the New Testament is embedded in the old testament? Oh yeah. Everything. I mean, if you if you read Revelation, you're reading the Old Testament. Somebody says, oh, that's a totally different... No, it's all embedded in the Old Testament. It's all in Isaiah. It's all in the, the prophets, what you read in Revelation. Everything can be found, from the horsemen in Zechariah, the four horsemen, all the way through the judgments, the seals, everything. It's in It's in the book. So is the resurrection or the rapture. The rapture is in the Old Testament. In Isaiah 26, 19, look what it says here. Thy dead men shall live. Together with my dead body, they shall arise. We know all the good Pharisees in Jesus' day believed in a resurrection. It was the Sadducees that did not. Paul, of course, being a good Pharisee that he was. But here Isaiah is talking about the resurrection of the dead, that they would arise, their bodies would arise. A literal bodily resurrection is talked about in the Old Testament. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. That's the Old Testament. Now, we go to the new, we go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now look at Psalm 47 in the Old Testament, verse 5. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. See, everything in the new is found in me. The... That's virtually the same language that Paul used. See, well, Paul was revealing a new revelation, a mystery to the, to, to the church, but yet... It was not a mystery to God. He had written and embedded it in the Old Testament Scriptures. Praise God. Thank you. He's gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. The Hebrew word for shout here is teruah. What is today? Yom teruah. And the word trumpet is used in Psalm 47, is shofar. It's not a mistake. It's not a man-made trumpet or its sound. In Psalm 89:15. blessed are the people that know the joyful sound. That's what he says. Have the Hebrew word for sound. Here is also teruah. Which is why we want to hear and be able to know and discern the sound of the shofar on Yom Teruah. See, we will hear, as the church, the trump of God. The dead will be raised and you and I which are alive and remain will be caught up together to be with the Lord. Now there's a sound that's not that sound. And we would be able to discern that. And the people of Israel would know if it's time to, one of the shofar blasts is to warn of an attack. They're under attack. Uh, Another one is to, uh, you know, again, alert the people. But here's the sound of the shofar. Uh, we need to know and discern. It says here from these verses here in Psalm 47, we see that the tribulation will start on a feast of trumpets and the resurrection of the dead will also occur on this feast, but whether they happen the same year, we don't have any idea. Other Hebrew idioms for the feast of trumpet, it's taught in Ju- Judaism that on this day, the heavenly court is in session every year. This begins what is known as the 10 days of awe. It's until, and it goes on from Trumpets until Yom Kippur when the final judgment is meted out. God opens the books and reads the account of every individual for previous year and they have ten days to repent before their sentence is announced and the books are closed. Now what, what is, significance does that have to do with the church? What happens after we're resurrection? What's the first thing that happens when we're resurrected? And we go back to it's called the Bema Seed Judgment. Every man will stand before the Lord to receive what he's done in the body, whether good or Your works are either gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, head, stone. But it's a time of the judgment of the individual. Do you see how closely that mirrors the Feast of Trumpets, the Rapture, and the Bema Seed? You know, it has to fit in. Hello? It's not like we're raised up at the end of the tribulation and we have all these things take place and then come back immediately. That's not going to happen. We have a seven-year period of time where these events take place. Now, after the beba seat comes the marriage of the Lamb. And then we return with Christ to the earth on white horses and He raises up the dead Old Testament saints and the tribulation saints, and they're invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb, which takes place in Israel. A lot of people think it takes place in heaven. No, that's the marriage of the Lamb. The marriage supper is here on the earth in Israel, and the invited guests are the Old Testament saints and the tribulation saints. The tribulation saints are invited to rule with Him also, those that have died. But the church is a unique people and were resurrected at one specific time in history my personal belief is that it is a future trumpets <clears throat> let's read on and see some more things here that it's the uh, we have the 10 days of all then we have in Daniel 7 uh, verses 10 and 11 a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him thousands thousands talking about God ministered to him 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him The judgment was set, the books were opened. I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, that is the Antichrist, I beheld until the beast was slain, his body destroyed, and given to the burning flame. So here what we have in heaven are the saints of God uh, and the angels of God that are there before him and the books are open. Judgment is being meted out from heaven upon the earth. It's a courtroom scene. Now if we could... Turn to Revelation chapter 3, if we would, in our Bible. I'm going to turn there with you. Revelation 3. And we know that there's a pattern, I believe, here. We've been here in any length of time. I've taught on it quite a bit. In chapter 2 and 3, we see Jesus personally himself judging the church before his return. And what is his message? Basically, repent. Uh, or else I'm going to upon you like a thief you know that's what he talked about uh, to the Laodiceans he says oh, you need to overcome just as I have overcome and he said he's at the door knocking but then we go from him addressing the seven churches to chapter 4 chronologically and we see I believe a picture of the rapture here with John is John recording his own rapture his own resurrection I believe it's quite possible that he is in chapter 1, we see, look at verse 1, a door opened in heaven. That's again, corresponds with the Feast of Trumpets when the door is opened in heaven. Uh, and, And we see John goes up, he's invited, come up here, and he hears a voice talking to him. What's the voice sound like? A trumpet. Hello? John is being raptured into heaven. And then he sees the throne. And what he sees is actually a courtroom setting. There are 24 elders, verse 4, sitting on on seats and clothed in white raiment. And they had crowns of gold. Well, this is after the rapture now because these men have been given white raiment and crowns of gold. These are human beings, not angels. And what did they do? They are present and, and quite possibly assist God in administering His judgment upon the earth during this seven-year period. you see that? Something for you to consider, something for you to study out and look at. I think it's very interesting. We see in Daniel 12, 1 and 2, and at that time shall Michael, that is the archangel of God, stand up, the great prince, which stands for the people of Israel, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. What time is that? That's the same uh, time that Christ returns and raises up his, his, his church that uh, Magog invades simultaneously. Michael stands up and it says here, and at that time thy people will be delivered. Look what it says. Everyone that should be found, what? Written in the book. <clears throat> Many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So we see here a a picture again of trumpets. Uh, uh, Once again. Lift up your heads, Psalm 24 7. O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. The King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory will come in. Who is this King? The Lord of hosts, the King of glory. Revelation 4, 1 and 2. And after this I looked and beheld a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were the sound of a trumpet talking with me. And he said, come up here, and I'll show you things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit. And I beheld a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Thank you, God. The Feast of Trumpets, lastly, is also called the coronation of the king, or the enthronement of the king. And when John is caught up and hears the voice of the trumpet bidding him to come up, he sees the king with his 24 elders around him being coronated on that throne enthroned, and about to move in great power and glory, readying himself for returning back to this earth to set up his kingdom upon this earth, his dominion upon this earth. The scripture tells us in Psalm 40, 47, 5, God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of the trumpet, sing praises to God, sing praises to Sing praises unto our king. Sing praises for, the, for God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. The princes of the people are gathered together. That's when the Lord returns. The whole earth is commanded to sing praises to God. To magnify the Lord as He has moved into His place of authority. He's moved and set on His throne in Israel. All the peoples of the earth are commanded to sing praises and to worship Him. It is a day of His coronation. A day when He will be declared King over all the earth. Zephaniah 2, three Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought His judgment. And seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be you shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Is that a reference to the rapture? I believe it is. When we seek the Lord as, as the meek, as we seek God in humility, God will hide His people from the wrath that is to come. He will call us up when, when His judgment is about to be poured out. Hallelujah. In Joel chapter 2, 15 and 16, the Scripture says here, we're talking about the day of blowing. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast and call... For a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, and those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth from his chamber, and the bride out of her closet. Hallelujah. That's a time of trouble, when the trumpet is blown, when the tribulation is to begin, God calls his bride home, hallelujah to his side and we go into our chamber, hallelujah, while judgment falls upon the wicked. The feast of unleavened bread falls on the 15th of the month of Nisan, so it's always at the full moon in the middle of the lunar cycle. And the feast of tabernacle is on the 15th in the middle of the month of Tishri at a full moon. We see it's easy to find the the 15th, by counting from the first, because everyone was to celebrate the Feast of Trumpets, it is always felt on the first day of the lunar month based on the sighting of the new moon. It was known as the feast where no one knows the day of the hour or when it would come. The Jews in Babylon and elsewhere were to keep it as well, but it would take a day at least to, for the news to get where they were, as we said earlier. So they kept a two-day festival and it was known as the one long day. Hallelujah. It was a day symbolically hid from Satan so even he would not be sure of its arrival. In Daniel 7.25, the Antichrist, I want you to see this as we close. And I promise I'll close here. A lot of information today. In Daniel 7.25, we see the Antichrist changes the, quote, times, unquote, Because he doesn't want us to be aware of what God is doing. Now that word times in Daniel is Moedim. So the Antichrist seeks to change those dates, God's appointed times, so that the people of earth cannot know what God is doing. We know what those days and times are today if we open our eyes, church. If we're not allowing ourselves to be in darkness, if we look at God's word, we know what the days and the times are so we can know what God's will is. Notice the enemy tries to hide that. He tries to get people uh, sidetracked from those appointed times. And the Feast of Trumpets will be the beginning, number one, of the tribulation. It is also the day of what's called the Zal or the rapture. But no one knows whether... Uh, they will happen at the same year or in different years. It's all under God's time schedule and His timetable. We only know the season. And I believe, church, we are in the season of the return of Christ. Just look around. Look at the climate. Look at the world we're living in. How rapidly it's deteriorating morally. How rapidly it's deteriorating societally, I mean, the, the, the decline of civil, Western civilization that claims to be at one time to be Christian, we see the, the events of the Great Tribulation actually lining up, ready to happen. How close are we to the return of Jesus? Could it be on this 14th? Could it actually happen? I believe that it very well could. If not now, I mean, it could happen at any time. Because He is God. I believe He's speaking to us from His Word. Are you ready? Are you looking for it? I don't know about you, I'm looking for the Lord. I'm looking for my Master. I'm not in darkness, I'm a Son of Light. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we give You praise today. Lord, I thank You, Lord, for this people here today. I thank You for Your people. Maybe you're here today, you say, friend, I, I don't really know the Lord. I want to know Him. I want to be ready. If Jesus were to come right now, I don't know that I would, I would go through those gates into heaven. But you can know that for certain. You can know for surely that you are going to go. If you need Jesus, while no one's looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed, say, Pastor, I want Jesus in my life. I want to be ready for heaven. Lift up your hand. I want to pray for you. If you need the Lord in your life, if you're ready, just you're ready. Hallelujah, I'm ready. But if you're not, now is the time. If you hear His voice, Scripture says harden not your hearts. Today is the day of salvation. You may never have another chance like you would now. Oh, Father, we give you praise. Oh, hallelujah. Church, take a moment of time between you and God. Say, Lord, I thank you that you died on the cross for my sin. I thank you that you saved me. Lord, I thank You that You've gone to prepare a place for me in heaven. That where You are, I'll be also, Lord. I thank You, Lord, that that, that You've come, that I might have life. Lord, that You may be coming sooner than I can even imagine. Lord, move in me today. Help me to be ready. Forgive me of my sin, my unrighteousness. Cleanse my heart, Lord, of all filthiness of flesh and spirit. Make me the man, the woman I need to be, Lord, today. Lord, I thank you for doing just that in Jesus name
0: Lord, Oh my soul
1: Take a moment of time to fellowship with one another. We're going to fellowship with you and and celebrate some birthdays here today. Lord, we just pray you'll you'll
0: bless the people, the food, and, and all who participate in Jesus' name. Everyone, say it.